0: <laughs> it's all about showbiz uh, here today uh well,
1: which is no different from how we live every day of our lives
0: <laughs> welcome back everybody thank you for tuning in to what a movie a nostalgia infused podcast we are your hosts
1: i'm james ferrero
0: and i'm nicole knutson and uh it's all going to be a song and dance for this one. We're
1: going to sing and dance our way right through this podcast. You can't see it, but we're tapping right now. hmm tippy
0: Tippy-tappy. Tappy
1: Tippy-tappy.
0: Tip-tippy-tappy. Tappy tappy. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, before we get too far into this, how are we doing today? Ooh,
1: doing good, doing good. Just, uh, you know recovering from the heat and just uh getting ready for the month lots of shows coming up lots of fun stuff coming up which is very exciting here in the los angeles area um which we'll uh we can talk a little bit about later on in the show but uh yeah things are going pretty good though how about you uh
0: things are good um for a little behind the scenes look uh dear listener Um, It's only been two days since we recorded the last episode, so not much has changed. Don't
1: tell anyone. It's part of the illusion.
0: Um, But yeah, it is is very, very slowly cooling off here in LA. I am slightly less sweaty, but still sweaty.
1: Let's see. Yep, it's true, folks. (laughs) I just checked and I can... I can confirm mm-hmm. that that, that my, is indeed true. Mm-hmm. You are less sweaty.
0: That my forehead is now less sweaty than than it was two days ago.
1: That's true. That will, once upon a forest, you know, I'll make you break out of sweat every time.
0: Oh, it's, it's so, the stakes are so high.
1: Oh, so high. And those box office numbers, oh, we didn't even talk about that, but ooh, boy.
0: <laughs> um, was that the reason why it was the last Hanna-Barbera film? Uh, Quite possibly.
1: I don't have the numbers in front of me because I have other numbers in front of me. Because uh, this yeah. is a
0: different episode about a different movie. If I
1: recall correctly, that movie's budget was thirteen million. Um and it made about six million yikes in total. So, yikes a Rony. Uh but that that's all just a precursor to what we will talk about later with this movie, but that's for that's for later.
0: Speaking of What movie are we watching today?
1: What mover are we watching today? What mover? What mover are we watching today?
0: (laughs) We'll
1: tell you, we are watching from 1997 in our month of weird 90s animation, the uh, cult classic, I suppose now, Cats Don't Dance, which is probably the best cats musical that's ever been done on film.
0: (laughs) Uh, i know some folks who might fight you on that well i
1: mean maybe the other one would be more fun to watch in some ways but um i'll take i'll take my money on the ones where they don't dance
0: uh having recently just watched cats from 2019 which i watched on a plane which seems to be in my opinion the correct means of viewing this
1: that's probably how it was edited it was probably on a plane too yeah when I think about it
0: mm-hmm. um what what a fever dream of a film.
1: Did you wish that those cats didn't dance?
0: You know, it was weird because by the end of it, I was weirdly hypnotized by everything that was happening and, like, more invested than I should have been given the quality of the film.
1: But you never at one point yelled out in your airplane seat,
0: Cats, don't dance! <laughs> uh, no. No, I did not.
1: Mm. Okay. That's fair.
0: Uh, no, that I think that was at the point in the flight when... Um, I knew that sleep was going to elude me and I was like, well, I'm already kind of delirious. I should watch something that will maybe make me fall asleep or will feel like a dream.
1: The Sandman has told me to go fuck myself, so I Basically. guess we'll have to do this. Yes.
0: Um, none of this is about the movie Cats Don't Dance. No,
1: no, 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 no. Cats is for another night.
0: <laughs> um, what are the nostalgic connections that we have to this film? Who would like to go first?
1: Um, would you like to go first? Would you like me to go first? Um,
0: I can go first. I... It's not a super strong connection beyond the fact that this is one of those movies that just seem to forever live on Cartoon Network, yes. I want to say. It was on all the time, and therefore I watched it a lot because it was just always on. Um... I think that's how I encountered this movie. It's also how I encountered um, The Last Unicorn, which is a movie that we maybe will one day do on the show. Um, Which I... Well, actually, I don't know if it's a better movie or not. It's a much different movie than Cats Don't Dance. But this is... I I remember, like, beats of this film and, like, the main sort of inciting incident or the main... The logline, basically, of of Cats Don't Dance but beyond that it it forever lives on my TV in the 90s like that's where that's where this movie lives in my brain
1: You still have your TV from the 90s? Where know, is it?
0: Maybe in my parents garage somewhere oh. they don't throw anything away.
1: And you're saying Cats Don't Dance is currently playing on that TV in your parents garage?
0: It's it's lurking inside it waiting waiting to bounce.
1: You can just hear inside the TV just the pitter patter of paws tapping around going
0: Mhm. Yep. Get them out of there. Mm-hmm. Our garage is haunted by the Catstone Dance. I mean, don't we <laughs> all wish that
1: of hauntings that we would have to be haunted by. It's like you have been haunted by Catstone Dance. Oh. It's like, oh, that, that's That's kind of that, pleasant, actually. Yeah, that
0: actually sounds really nice. Unless it's just the songs that keep playing over and over on a the loop, then that would get real old real fast. I don't remember any of the songs. I as, just know that they exist. As I
1: recall the songs I recall some of the songs being pretty good. I mean
0: Actually I do remember one. I think it's like the big show stopping number at the end. We'll see if I'm right.
1: We will see.
0: Uh what about you?
1: Me. Uh well. Yes, this movie, I feel kind of what your connection was to Once Upon a Forest. And I was like, yeah, I had a looser one, but it was around. I feel like we've swapped now because I feel like this one was all, was on a lot. I don't know if we, we, once again, we might have like taped it off of the TV or something, probably off of the 20 million times it was on Cartoon Network. Um, I remember watching this one a lot and really enjoying it. Once again, kind of knowing that it was like, yeah it's not disney it's something's a little bit off something's a little bit darker something's a little weirder and i kind of like this what, what is this it was like it was always a fun one to have on so yeah i always remember enjoying it
0: cool yeah on a scale of one to ten also
1: it takes place in hollywood and i'm from north hollywood so like you know there's a connection
0: on a scale of one to ten how well do we think we remember the plot
1: Oh, I would say this one's probably like a 7 for me. I remember it pretty pretty clearly.
0: I'm going to say I'm about a 4.
1: Ooh, I want to hear your recap.
0: So, lady. I will I will go over what I remember of this film. Um, it's set in like it's supposed to be like the golden age of Hollywood. It's like Hollywood of yesteryear is kind of the vibe from what I remember. The 1990s. Um, <laughs> and uh, you've got uh, your your lead uh, character who's this little cat. I don't remember his name, but he's he he's got big dreams and he wants to be a star. And um, he goes to Hollywood and he's basically relegated to like, uh, you know, being an extra or like in the chorus. And you have a uh, um Shirley Temple from Hell uh as like the main antagonist or one of the main antagonists who's just like the the most monstrous child star you have ever seen. And um you you know you go through the the like the underdog who, who wants to make it in show business. We think there's,
1: there's, there's a dog in there too? I
0: mean probably somewhere.
1: Under cat maybe? <laughs>
0: Um, But yeah, going through, like, you know, uh, being really earnest and he's dealing with a lot of people who have been in the business longer and who are really cynical and, and who once had dreams like he did and were once, you know, bright eyed and bushy tailed and are like, no, I know better now.
1: And, in some cases, they've lost their bushy tail. <laughs> now they have a very sad
0: tail, or no um, tail at all. Uh, and then there's some some um, like metaphorical backstabbing, and who knows, maybe literal backstabbing from again the truly atrocious. <laughs> <child Jesus. star. laughs> I don't know. I mean, I remember
1: it getting darker. I wow, this is um, this would be a fun surprise. But uh,
0: in the end. I want to say that he gets fired from whatever production they're filming but he like charms his way back in and in the end the animals become like the star of the movie. I think.
1: This is fun recap. I can't <laughs> wait for this. <laughs> uh
0: yeah, I I remember that the child star like tries to sabotage some big plans and i think succeeds for a bit because that's how movies work
1: that's how the business runs folks terrible people do big things and the good people get shut out eh, uh, what can you say <laughs> see i'm already like one of those former bright-eyed bushy-tailed animals that are like give up the ghost kid it's too late for you <laughs>
0: what would our nostalgia-infused grades be
1: Ooh, um, I, like I said, I grew up really enjoying this one. I'm going to give it an A. I'm, I'm just going to go right out. I'm, I'm going to give this one an A.
0: Uh, I think I will give this a B minus.
1: Not C for cat? No. Or D for dance?
0: I remember being entertained by it as a kid, um, But we never, we never even taped it off of the TV. Mm. So you had
1: opportunities.
0: Oh, so many. (laughs) Again, I it may still be running on Cartoon Network. Who knows?
1: Get those cats out of the garage,
0: (laughs) stat! It's hot in there. Get them inside.
1: I know, especially in Old Grove. Yeah. Who?
0: Um. Yeah. B minus for me.
1: B minus. All right. That seems fair.
0: Uh. Cool. Alrighty, folks, if this is the first episode that you've listened to of this show, um, first of all, hello and welcome. Thank you for for joining us. But uh, what happens next? We are going to take a break. We are going to rewatch Cats Don't Dance. And then we will come back and actually go through whatever happens in this film and uh, talk about our our likes, our dislikes, etc. But before we do that, do we know what we shall be partaking in as far as a drink or a snack for this viewing
1: um i might have a beer i mm, hmm, i don't know i thought about doing something special with this one because it's hollywood in the 1940s so maybe i'll do something fancier if i'm feeling so inclined but uh I'm not going to say what yet because I don't really know <laughs> what yet. But if I do, you'll find out when we come back. With a
0: fancy cocktail.
1: Possibly show because, you know, this is the golden age, kid. Want to <laughs> be in showbiz, you bright eyed kid?
0: Want to be a star?
1: Want to be a star, do you? What about you? What do you, what, what do you think you're going to. Um, no, now I'm just going to do the rest of the podcast oof. like this. Oh, please don't. Ah, oh, too late. <laughs>
0: uh, well, I took acetaminophen not too long ago, so I cannot have alcohol. Is that but... a cocktail? but uh i might have a popsicle
1: ooh, because
0: again it is still quite warm
1: that does sound and a nice. popsicle
0: sounds very refreshing
1: popsicle
0: and then some water because again it hot
1: and then the popsicle in the water
0: that'll just melt it and then mm-hmm. it'll just taste like sad popsicle but
1: then you can drink the popsicle i
0: don't want to drink the popsicle i want to eat the popsicle
1: but it's like a milkshake
0: i don't like milkshakes <laughs> you just learned something new about me folks
1: i'm just i'm just prying it out of her folks i'm sorry i i I know all of this give me a bowl of ice cream
0: give me a bowl of ice cream i don't want milk in it
1: what about melted ice cream
0: no give me a bowl of fresh ice cream that is still cold and not soup i don't want ice cream soup if i wanted soup i would have soup (laughs) I want ice cream. I don't want soup.
1: I don't want ice cream soup. The story of Nicole Knudsen on Nicole Knudsen. (laughs) The
0: title of my memoir.
1: (laughs) I don't want ice cream soup. Maybe that's the song in the movie tonight. I think I remember one of the animals is like, I don't want ice cream soup. Uh,
0: Alrighty, folks. uh, We will be back momentarily.
1: (laughs) For you, it'll be an instant. For us, it'll be maybe roughly about an hour and a half. We'll see. (laughs) But until then, we'll be back.
0: I am convinced that Darla is just a demon in a child's body.
1: Oh, completely, (laughs) and is barely being held in that child's body. Also, I didn't come in tonight expecting to be attacked so personally (laughs) Throughout, (laughs) Uh. Welcome back,
0: everyone. We've just finished re-watching Cats Don't Dance, AKA a personal attack on anybody trying to make it in the entertainment industry.
1: That's both enlightening and depressing, but also very real and, uh,
0: but very entertaining as well. Yes. Um, honestly, from what I remembered, like, that, that's what happened. It's like, pretty straightforward. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's very simple in its premise. Um, I did write a note, like, kind of towards the end, but I had this thought throughout of, like, this almost feels like a Looney Tunes cartoon that has been extended into a feature-length film. Mm-hmm. But barely. It's that same type of sentiment. There, There's more dramatic stakes mm-hmm. in this than your average Looney Tunes um, sketch.
1: But it very much has that Warner Brothers feel. Yeah. Which is strange because even though Warner Brothers distributed this, I did read something that, I think it was Turner Pictures, had been responsible for making the film. And then they were bought out by Warner. So Warner didn't really have anything directly to do with the making of the film, that's which is really, interesting.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting because when I remembered like, "Oh, WB was the one who presented this," I thought they were also involved in the production, which would make sense if like if it's that
1: It has that very comedic
0: If it has that type of sensibility and like truly a truly funny movie.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: <laughs> like so many of the visual gags and like the actual like jokes that are written into it are like it they got us quite a few times it's
1: masterfully comedically timed that like you wouldn't need like you could see this in a movie that wasn't an animated movie about talking animals it like it just it it plays through it so perfectly
0: yeah um Already, shall we?
1: You want to just jump in? Yeah.
0: Uh, we kind of covered it in vague terms in the beginning, but um, uh, we start off with Danny.
1: Way down in Kokomo. <laughs> That's all I could think of.
0: It's such a weird joke to make. <laughs>
1: I mean, I guess it's a town. I don't know. Is, Maybe. It, it, is Kokomo, Indiana, a town? I mean, if you would... have any listeners in Kokomo, Indi- Indiana, or know of a Kokomo, Indiana, Please let us know.
0: I mean, maybe it is. I wouldn't be surprised if it is, but, like, wasn't there a line that was said when the sign on the bus switches from Kokomo to Hollywood? And I thought it was a, a reference to that song. Anyway, we meet Danny, who's from Kokomo, Indiana, and he's the little cat with big dreams, and he gets on a bus to Hollywood. Because he's going to be a star.
1: To which we get our opening credits, which I remembered very clearly as a kid. Just It all came back to me. I was like... Oh, yeah, that's right. It's very creative use of the opening credits. Mm-hmm. It was very charming and very fun.
0: Yeah, the opening credits is all um, all Danny's bus ride from Indiana to L.A. Um, also, all of the songs are written by Randy Newman, which I did not know as a child.
1: And not to get, I mean, we'll get to the songs one by one ahead, but like, look, but just as a little precursor to all that, songs are all
0: pretty damn good. Yeah, very catchy, very fun. Um more often than not move the plot along or establish character, which is not always the case. <laughs>
1: no, no it's not. If you've listened to our podcast before, you know we've been through a few that we go, "What?" what?
0: Like, why is this a song?
1: Or rather, why was this not a song? Yeah. Why didn't these characters sing? Why
0: did your leads not get a song? <laughs> we're
1: not talking about that here, though.
0: <laughs> no, we're here to talk about Danny and his big dreams.
1: Ah, uh, yes. Um, but he makes it to Hollywood.
0: And he's like, if I work really hard... I think I can land apart by the end of the week
1: (laughs) and how many people we've all been those people at some point how many people have we talked to who come in and who have that spunky attitude and God love them but oh boy
0: yeah I I guess do we want to talk about like that depiction of of someone coming in with fresh eyes to this industry and to LA specifically just because like there were so many little things hmm. that resonated with me I mean if you've oh, been listening yeah. like you know that we're both actors and like it, even just the the camaraderie of people in they're not in an audition waiting room they're in an agent's office but like the 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 long running relationship between people who are always like going out for the same things and being like, Oh wait, your tie is crooked. Let me fix that for you before you go in for your big meeting.
1: You're right. The (laughs) camaraderie camaraderie is a great word. It's like, you know, Hey, it's good to see you, but I really wish that we weren't still stuck having to do this together. There's a little bit of like, "Ah." yeah, but there's also this like, but at least I'm not alone. At least I've got the same people here. Yeah. We're all in the same boat.
0: And it's, it's the thing of, at least in my experience, uh, you know, I, I like to think that I was never quite as naive as Danny is or as stupid no, as Danny I mean, I, is. I mean,
1: Danny, I think, is meant to be the sort of archetype of the ultimate naive out of town. Or I don't think anyone is ever that naive coming into Hollywood. If they were, they'd get thrown out on their ass without no, the day.
0: No, but like...
1: But it's meant to be that like in an animated movie mm-hmm. with animated animals it's almost like we can exaggerate it to the ultimate the ultimate naive character and that's only because we'll we'll get to Darla in a second we have the ultimate evil character to contrast with Mm -hmm. so it's a movie of extremes
0: yeah but what I was going to say is like that sense of you, you know, you come in and you know, yeah, I'm going to work really hard. And then, you know, eventually something's going to break for me. Right. Uh, and then seeing all of these people who have been in the business longer and just like, I know in my experience of like, it's a thing where you don't know how hard it's going to be until you are in it and until you are experiencing it. And it's not even a thing that you can just say to another person Mm -hmm. beyond like, yeah, it's going to be hard, but you don't know what that means. You don't know the details of yeah. what that means and the reality of what that means until you are in it. And the, that hit home really hard. You
1: you try to be straight with them without dashing their dreams entirely, but be like, you know, it's a long journey. And I don't know about you. I've had this a lot of people where I tell them that and you get the response. It's like, it's like, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. But but I have a plan. And you're like, I nah, know, I know, I know, I know, I know. We all have a plan. Everyone has a plan. I'm just warning you don't expect this to be you know done by the end of the week in this in this movie's case literally and you just have those people that are like i it's don't right. know i i got yeah. it and you're like you'll be back okay and you and all you can do is walk away and go good luck and then soon enough you run into them later and either they've come around and go man you were right or they've already left town and you're like yeah
0: yeah and like for it. having a plan is useful having goals in mind is very useful Don't expect them to happen in a timely fashion. But I think
1: that's what also makes Danny a character that we still do relate to and want to see succeed. Because, yes, if we saw this person in real life, we would hate this person. But the fact is, is that, yeah, he's bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, extremely naive and extremely stupid. Yet, when he has these moments of, like, talking about what he wants to do, he's not saying it in a way that's like, you know... I don't know. It's almost like it, he doesn't come across as being, like, a braggart or annoying in that sense. He comes across as just very genuinely out of his depth. Like, a lot of the things he says, it almost makes you then feel bad as opposed to, like, going, like, God, I hate this character is so annoying. Which is an impressive feat to achieve. Because he very easily could have been extremely annoying and very much, like, I don't care about this guy.
0: Yeah, I that was a note that I had of, like... He will quite frequently, just how he's depicted, sort of butt right up against being completely insufferable, and then he'll say something that's just purely genuine, completely without guile, and then I'm like, oh, no, but I, and I think, I'm rooting for And I know. think part of it is is that, yes,
1: he wants success, but he's not just in it for his success. He's in it for, as we'll meet all these other characters, he wants all of his friends to succeed mm-hmm. as well. And I think that's what really... Becomes the main thing for him where you're like, oh, well, I hope he succeeds because he genuinely wants the people that he cares about to succeed, which is rare to see around town. You do see it. You try to make. We, we know a lot of people like that. We try to stay friends with those people. But like you come across so many other types of people who you don't want to associate with, who are very clearly just in it for themselves and will walk over your dead body if they get a chance.
0: Um, but it there's a line that he has it's after like his disastrous first day on set and uh it, when he's really like gotten you know a metaphorical kick in the teeth and I know uh kind
1: of on a physical kick in the teeth but, well, okay, we'll get there we'll get to max <laughs>
0: um but uh um you know sawyer uh who is uh the lady cat uh in this film the lady cat uh says you know i'll, I'll go talk to him um and he says to Sawyer, "You know, I just want to do the thing I love. Doesn't everyone?" Ooh. And it's so.
1: If that doesn't it make you get so choked bad. up, I don't know what will. It I was hurts like, so bad. "Oh God, um, no, stop." To
0: which I, Sawyer says something like, "You know, it's not that simple." Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, ugh, yeah, yeah, we do."
1: There's another line. There, there's a, there's a few lines in that that like get you. There's one that comes up later. It's another one where like. A lot of the actors that have been around and have gotten kicked around are complaining about it. And I think he asked him, like, why are you still here? And you're like, ooh, hey, slow down, slow down.
0: It's the thing that we ask ourselves all the time. Oh, yeah. Why do I still do this? If you haven't asked
1: yourself that question more than a dozen times, then, well, you're
0: a liar. Yeah, where it's like, it's the constant thing of like, why do I still keep doing this? because there's nothing else that you want to be doing.
1: Nothing is going to bring me this the joy that you get when you get that gig is something that can't be replicated.
0: Yeah, I think overall it it captured that spirit and that sensibility and very much so. and the you know, in a very simplified version that can be fit into an hour and 15 minute movie. This film mm-hmm. is very short. I think it was um quite accurate
1: yeah um but yes so he arrives in Hollywood and is looking for this has his song and dance number we also meet Sawyer who is I I I love this depiction of this character being like yes she's the lady cat yes she's gonna be the love interest but like they give her so much character in this which is Mm -hmm. far more than most leading ladies get especially in an animated movie
0: yeah and Sawyer is she has
1: such a personality and is getting like constantly shat on for the first part of the movie
0: I know so Danny it's just insane. yeah like Danny did not endear himself to me uh initially because he is just so oblivious to literally everything around him like he keeps ruining Sawyer's day who's just trying to get to work she works at the uh the like animal talent agency that danny winds up going to um she works there as a secretary and like he you know burns the feather off of her hat he knocks her in a fountain he like slams the door on her tail he does notice that but like prior to that moment he had never like he he was too busy in his own daydream that he couldn't see that he was like basically assaulting this but, this poor but cat. through
1: this we meet sawyer who is you know the Yes, like working as the secretary in this talent office and is the jaded actor who is now working here and doesn't even want to be associated with being an actor or a dancer or a singer yeah, anymore. She, she's
0: so burnt out by the yeah. whole thing that she's like, no, I don't do that anymore.
1: And yeah, and she's got the, the vocal quality of someone who's just like, yeah, I, you know, I smoke three packs a day mm-hmm. and I don't mind.
0: She's a, her singing voice is also voiced by Natalie Cole.
1: This was interesting. So just to go off on a, on a brief tangent here, I looked this up. Um, apparently there was a different actor that had been used to voice Sawyer's speaking voice when they were making the movie. And when the movie was almost complete, this tends to happen a lot. And, you know, especially in like things that are like, you know, voiceovers, uh, for whatever reason, it's not really described why they replaced the speaking voice. They brought in another actor. Interesting. And they replaced all of her speaking lines and to which they said, this is only noticeable if you think about it with the singing voice being Natalie Cole to tell you that the original actor had a deeper, huskier voice. Hence, probably why it was a little closer to Natalie Cole's singing voice. Because this the person they got still has a naturally deeper voice, but you do notice a drop from her speaking to when she starts singing. She goes down to the Natalie Cole timbre, and it's like, whoa.
0: It's also- a Her l- voice is
1: so much lower, and that's because the original speaking voice matched the singing voice mm. closer.
0: That's interesting. It's also a little distracting purely because it is such a well-known singer.
1: It's it's Natalie Cole. It's yeah, we- you're like, wow. It
0: is such a well-known voice that it mm-hmm. was a little distracting when I was, the switch happened. I was
1: okay with it only because, like, it's a very big- sort of yes like well-known voice but it's this movie about hollywood and yeah, it's, it, it's very presentational so i was like i i agree it was at first like whoa like it's like very much like hello natalie cole i was more for i was more willing to forgive it in a movie like this than in other movies where it doesn't fit the tone as well i'm looking at you quest for
0: camelot <laughs> oh my god <sighs> I that
1: that's a movie for another day
0: yeah um Uh, But Danny arrives in Hollywood And I do just want to mention that This is the cleanest that Hollywood Boulevard Has ever looked
1: To be fair it was the 19 It was 1939 I believe it said Yeah because
0: he arrives And the the, the marquees are going up for Gone with the Wind Yeah
1: this is a much different Hollywood Than the one you'll pass by these days For sure
0: also, don't go down Hollywood Boulevard.
1: Uh, no, don't. 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 Or or if you do, actually, if anyone wants to come to Hollywood and you want to talk to us, uh, we will tell you cool places to go. We know good places to go and you'll have a good time. The places you may think of that you think are going to be really fun and cool, eh, we may have different opinions about that.
0: Yeah, when you live in Los Angeles, it's a, it's a bit different.
1: And when you <laughs> live in Hollywood, which we do, it's very different
0: yes uh bu- 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 but he's in
1: the agent's office and we meet our other fellow animal co- cohorts we meet
0: tilly, uh, tilly who is a hippo
1: voiced by kathy najimi which is just brilliant <laughs> um, oh my god she's so great we
0: meet cranston who is a goat
1: voiced by Howell holbrook <laughs> the, the, the voice cast for this is kind of insanely yeah great
0: and um we get probably my favorite character at it may be my favorite character in the movie. Definitely, my favorite character amongst the animal um uh contingent of the cast is Francis the fish.
1: Voice, and I believe this was Betty Lou Gerson's final film. That she
0: and uh, I loved her before she even spoke because she is a chain smoking fish. <laughs> Who has seen it all and does not have time for anybody's bullshit. And her
1: opening line will immediately endear you because Danny gets there and is just like, you know, you know, hey, like, you know, we're going to get some great parts. And then she's just there with this like cigarette dangling out of her mouth. It's like if you call getting hanging by a hook a good part. And you're like, all right. We're off and running. Frances is just off of the way. She has numerous lines like that throughout. We can't get at all of them now. You know, mm-hmm. it's like even working for scale, even, yeah. even puns like that <laughs> are just like perfect. Uh,
0: and then I, I missed. She's not to be fucked with. I missed the turtle's name, but there is a turtle who's very nervous, and he's constantly reading his fortunes from various fortune cookies. I think it's
1: Don Knotts, too, doing
0: <laughs> Yeah. he's got the Oh, okay, Oh, sorry, oh, I gotta go over.
1: Yeah, it's just, yeah, he's very nervous. Gets a, oh my god, when he goes back to... <laughs> Just to jump ahead briefly, when they all go out for work, and you know we we've been here where that's like there's no work for you today. Go home, and he's like, well, my day's no my day's wasted. Time to go home and clean. Pops into his shell. <laughs>
0: Beautiful um, gag. But uh, uh, Danny has arrived just in time. He's a very very fortunate young cat, uh, because Darla Dimple, who is
1: our Shirley Temple standard. our Shirley t- in a in, in a world of real life celebrities there's no shirley temple but there's darla dimple
0: probably because they made her into a literal demon
1: but then does shirley temple just not exist in this parallel universe that i guess has not wc fields and may west and clark gable maybe
0: not maybe this is a worse timeline in which darla dimple rose to fame and shirley temple did not
1: Well, you know she was working with the Nazis. Not Shirley Temple, but Darla Temple definitely was. Oh,
0: absolutely.
1: My God, and we will get into her. Wow.
0: I, honestly, Darla might be my favorite character. Darla
1: might overall be the best character in this. She
0: steals the the movie. I
1: mean, you could tell they had so much fun. They're like, okay, this is the character we're all going to put all of our attention into. Yeah. She is just a gem.
0: It's funny that... This movie purports to be about all of the cats and and the, the, the various other animal actors in this world. It is Darla's movie.
1: Oh, she is just... And between the animation, the writing, the voice acting, I mean, they are just going for it. And we'll get into how that starts off very um, soon. Um, but all this to say, Danny gets his job because it's a Noah's Ark movie. And they need two cats.
0: I'm sorry. It is Lil' Archangel Angel oh, is okay, the name fine. of the I'm movie. <laughs> uh,
1: but also in this moment, we meet the agent very briefly who, you know, has him sign the the all the massive contract in the release form, which is super tight. Yeah. That's <laughs> a nice ad. Also, that agent voiced by Frank Welker. Oh. Huh. Someone who I means a voiceover legend, usually known for voicing animals or other sorts of like more like effect voice things of just like he can do everything he he's he's literally described as a man who can do about any voice you can require you rarely hear him just speak so that was really bizarre
0: we've gotten two movies with frank welker doing an actual character voice
1: oh yeah what was the other one uh
0: page master he was horror
1: oh yeah he was wow look at that so he, he definitely does but you don't hear it as much but if you're not familiar go just go to imdb and type in frank welker and just sit back and go wow because he's probably voiced 95 percent of your childhood mm-hmm. uh all that to say danny signs the contract but they need a second cat who's the second cat sawyer but yep. she doesn't act anymore yeah he does now
0: but uh uh the agent who i, I forget his name it's it's not really relevant, um, but it's like, hey Sawyer, baby, will you be in this? I can't find any other cats.
1: And she does in a great Hollywood up of like triple my pay, and I get weekends off, and sure.
0: And he was like, ah, fine, twist my arm. You'll be in this movie.
1: What is, what is her line about like the glory of filing? And <laughs> she's
0: just, <laughs> yeah. it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's just. This is us meeting her, the audience meeting Sawyer, and it's just like, yeah, the glamorous life I lead with filing and uh secretarial work
1: this movie clearly had some writing input from up-and-coming actors or people who've had up-and-coming actors who were like yeah 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 Uh, but they're both on but you know what they've had this complicated thing so far but they're gonna be in a movie together what could possibly go wrong to which we go to the movie set
0: or are you talking about Sawyer and Danny
1: yeah but we go to the movie set with the Noah's Ark. scene just, just so demented
0: yeah it's uh darla's on is on a fly system and she's zooming around the set and uh you see some unicorns get drowned and just as part of this song
1: and just all of the animals just looking so miserable but they're in these colorful outfits and just mm-hmm. boom, 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 boom. they're Hell just yeah. like bopping up and down but everyone just has a face of like I wish I was um,
0: I, I will say, immediately prior to them starting to film oh, this, yes. uh, they all get to set and Danny is like, what do you mean I only have one line and it's meow? And he's like trying to find ways to jazz it up and be like, what if I do a little something extra? And literally everyone, myself included, was like, Danny, you're going to get fired. Yeah. Don't do that. Um,
1: Including the animals there are like, would you shut up?
0: Yeah. It Like, no, this is...
1: Now, this is the now. line you were
0: hired to say, so do that.
1: But they do all of this. Also, we discover that in this world, they shoot the opening logo based on the line from the MGM logo. <laughs> they just shoot it be- live before every movie they make, uh-huh.
0: which is um, kind of amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like, um,
1: stick the elephant's head in the side and put the tusks on it. and we, let's get the shot.
0: Did we mention that the studio is called Mammoth Studios? Yes, okay i couldn't oh no, no no i'm sorry we didn't mention it okay. but yes it is mammoth so studios. it's mammoth studios which is why it is a quote mammoth um who does the uh mgm lion roar um he, they just slap a pair of tusks like bigger tusks on him and like
1: My tusks
0: yeah um we'll get to woolly later oh
1: yes but he does his elephant um what do you call that um, um, trumpet <laughs> yeah i was trumpet. just gonna go as elephant <laughs> <laughs> but yes trumpet makes sense uh that elephant roar that doesn't make sense
0: and they start filming as we mentioned and uh it gets to the cat's turn to say their lines yeah. and yeah and danny makes a meal of it and incurs the wrath of Darla, who her we... public opinion or her public persona is, which I find hilarious, given she's what eight. Uh, Darla Dimple, friend of children and animals, or <laughs> lover of children and animals. You are a child, um, and but she
1: and they very brilliantly hates animals. They very brilliantly wait on this reveal. Yes. Up to this point, we have not seen this side of her until after Danny wrecks the shot and she just goes from zero to one billion and, and everything then, goes off
0: and then we meet max who is also tied for my favorite character in this
1: dear god um max a force of nature to be sure
0: max might be a clay golem that the demon That lives inside Darla's body has created and animated.
1: The size you could say is roughly, I don't know, 100, 200 feet tall. He's a
0: couple stories tall. Yeah,
1: he is gigantic. We don't really know what he is exactly, and his teeth never move, but just his lips. (laughs) And the most threatening of, yes. It's just. Um, to which I did I, I did see this, how that character was based on the character of Max, who was played by Eric von Stroheim in Sunset Boulevard, which is a movie that was definitely after 1939, but that doesn't matter. Uh, But for reference point, I'm sorry, audience, you can't see this, but I did pull up this picture. This is who Max is based off of.
0: I see it. Pretty it, accurate, yeah, right? I mean, this picture, just for our audience, looks like a... Well, one a normal sized person, but like a a butler, but like he's he looks like he's seen some shit. But
1: when you zoom in, yeah, if you're like from down here,
0: yeah, he, very scary. Yeah, a very a very imposing figure. He's
1: got a scar on his cheek. He yeah is a few stories tall. Basically, puts Danny literally in his place and in the ground.
0: Yep. And
1: uh to which his exit <laughs> kills me every time because he lit it. Okay, so his entrance is Darla calls for him. They are they're all like, "Oh shit!" And then just a side of the soundstage just bursts open, and Max just walks straight through does his job walks back to the hole and all of a sudden in like a a flash of light and smoke just disappears i'm
0: i'm convinced it's incredible i'm convinced that he is some kind of magical entity that has been uh you know constructed by the demon living in darla's body
1: it 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 must be max is not of this world by far it's the first moment of this like if, if you can you know, granted, yes, this is a world where animals can speak and walk around and are interacting with humans. Okay, you take that for what it is. But up to this point, it's been more or less straightforwardly realistic. And then this happens and we go, oh boy. Okay, we are at another timeline. This shit is insane.
0: I loved it. Beautiful. I loved everything about Max.
1: <laughs> Will that be all? <laughs>
0: uh they wrap for the day uh and we get into that conversation with danny uh who is you know very you know kind of
1: he's getting a hard lesson in life
0: yeah he's really you know i won't go so far as to say depressed because he he's quite plucky um but he's but he's he's a,
1: he's a little down in the dumps
0: yeah down in the dumps is a good way to describe have it have you ever
1: been down in the dumps and felt like all your dreams were ruined
0: um but uh he is kind of sulking and is you know trying to figure out where he is on his timeline of like am i gonna still book that big gig by the end of the week no, um, my boy. where Oh, we haven't introduced Pudge.
1: Oh yeah, Pudge. Yeah. Uh, Pudge, right.
0: who's like you know, in a film of cute animals, he's supposed to be like the cute, precocious well, kid animal. Little
1: penguin. Yeah. Selling ice on Hollywood Boulevard.
0: Yeah, Pudge is a little penguin, and he he's he's got spunk. He does have
1: spunk. Yes, I think that was we talked about spunk in the last episode too. It was like this is Pudge. Dot dot dot. He got spunk.
0: Um. But Pudge tries to, like, cheer Danny up. And then they kind of start dancing because Pudge is, like, trying to mimic what Danny was doing. And Danny was like, no, here, let me show you. But then they realize there's actually music playing. And
1: penguins can't dance. Um,
0: well, they're flat-footed.
1: But cats can dance.
0: <laughs> yes. Or at least Danny can. Danny and Sawyer can. We We've seen a very limited sample size of the cats in this world. Maybe they're just, like, people where some folks are better at dancing than others, just like everybody else.
1: Well, if this is indeed based on the life of Gene Kelly, it's proof that, like, yes, Gene Kelly was a human like you or me, but Gene Kelly could dance in a way that you or me could not sniff
0: at. Right. Um, did you happen to look anything up about this? Because uh, in the credits, the, Gene Kelly gets a thank you um, as uh, far, like towards the end. As
1: far as I know, he gets a thank you... Because this movie is apparently based a lot on his life and his rise in Hollywood and especially in the Hollywood musical scene, uh, it he does get a credit at the end. I don't believe he was directly involved necessarily. Um, but let me just look something up really quickly here. Yeah, okay, so he would have passed away just shortly before this movie came out. Uh, so in theory, he could have consulted oh, on it. Oh wait, it. no, no, I'm I'm sorry. I just looked this up. It includes Gene Kelly's contributions as a choreographer before his death in 1996. And it was his final film project. And that's why it's dedicated to him. I did not realize that. Wow. Fascinating. Anywho.
0: That's interesting that.
1: Makes sense. I mean, I guess
0: you need to choreograph it. I've never thought of that before.
1: (laughs) Well, it makes sense when you're like animating something like this where like, okay, well, people are going to have to dance. Yes, you could probably just try to animate it without a reference point, but it wouldn't look good i feel even in, in i feel in most cases animators will use a reference point of like you know at at the least they'll have video footage of like dancers and they'll kind of look at that and use that as reference but i don't i think it depends on the budget if they can afford to bring mm-hmm. in a choreographer to do it that's probably yeah. more money which means studios are probably gonna be like nah you don't need that but for a film like this it makes total sense where and, it's all
0: about show business and, and, and movie musicals and, 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 and
1: dance it. is in the title of the movie
0: yeah um, but there is actually music playing here in the studio. Who's playing the music? And it is Wooly, who is the elephant actor, voiced by John Reese Davies. Uh, I'm who, so
1: pleased you're not dead.
0: Who, he, uh, his thing is that he really wanted to be a film score composer, and he's the one who's playing the music. Um, but he can only get the job as, uh, as James said or every film that Mammoth Studios uh, puts out uh, to be the logo. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so good. I just love that
1: element. It's so funny. It's so weird and very sad because this is Bully's life and he lives in his trailer and plays this and it's like, are you doing that for a movie? It's like, no, that's for me because no, that was a dream from long ago to which we get a very true very sad moment of him like once again giving danny like the lessons of life of like well that's what happens in this town to which willie has kept pictures of all the characters we've met that have all been these jaded people that we thought were just well you know it's past my time and he has pictures of cranston and francis and tilly and sawyer all on his wall which is just all the more like heartbreaking That it's like, yes, we're all friends and, you know, I still have pictures of the days when they were still doing what they wanted to do. And I look up to that because it reminds me of those better days. But it's also sad because those days are behind us now.
0: Yeah, and Wooly is not the first person to say this to Danny, but he is I think, the first person to say it in this blunt of a way of, like, Hollywood doesn't like Hollywood is always looking for new talent but not our kind of talent.
1: This is where we dip into the social commentary. This yeah, movie. where
0: I'm like I as much as I enjoyed this movie, which I did a lot, I did feel awkward knowing that this is a like not so subtle um allegory maybe but it's like and not even an allegory it's just this is the reality that anybody who isn't white has faced in this industry and I feel uncomfortable about the fact that this very real experience that has been lived by very real people are being depicted as animals
1: I understand the awkwardness of that I thought it was very interestingly done. Now, is it the most tactful way? It's in a kid's movie that's an hour, 15 minutes long. No, we're not going to we're not gonna properly address this in that runtime with this kind of movie. The fact that they even went though and tried for that, I find to be a very interesting thing. And honestly, I thought that it worked.
0: I, I mean for what it is. In the sure, in the context of the movie, it all It's solid. It's very simple. but No, I'm not talking about
1: the context of the movie. I'm talking about the overall social commentary being like, you're addressing something that is probably, at that time, was definitely skipped over. No one was talking about that. That was very much like a, no, 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 we don't want to talk about that. Look at all the big stars here. And it's like, but we're not going to talk about all the other shit that went down. And like I said, it's a kid's movie. It's not going to address these in the way they need to be addressed that fortunately now we're starting to get more towards that. But it is a step in the right direction, which a movie from 1997, I think, is really interesting that they're even tackling that because they they don't even have to go there.
0: Yeah, I and no
1: one would say anything. I, the fact that they even do, I find, be very interesting.
0: Well, I don't know. I feel like that's if you are making this movie about this, you know, young, uh, aspiring performer and he you know comes across obstacles on his path to like getting his dream job it's not that far of a leap to have it be like oh it's because they're animals i and that's within the movie i i don't know i still still feel really weird watching this and this is having a broader awareness of just and i'm not saying that the movie is trying to do this but like representations of BIPOC people um in media and like I'm not phrasing this correctly I'm struggling for words but like I I felt weird about it
1: look all this to say and I'll say this again and we can move on I'm not seeing this movie answers the problems of racism in early Hollywood and finds a way to solve it and work through it I'm not saying that at all and i think it's a conversation that only recently has started to be taken seriously and we're starting to find out more about it and it's a conversation that has to continue because there's a lot of history there and a lot of terrible things that happened all that to say this movie doesn't need to refer to that at all and it would be fine the fact that they try for it and even address it in the most simplistic of ways that they could But the fact that they even made an effort to, I think is really cool.
0: Maybe that's why, or part of the reason why I'm, I feel weird about it is because I, you can never know what somebody's intentions are when they make a movie. I don't know if that was the intention.
1: Well, I'm not going to get into intentions here because we don't know. Like you said, I don't know anyone's intention. I will not assume that unless I hear it. I can only take away from what I see in the movie.
0: Uh, anyway, I'm glad that we brought that up because it was mm-hmm. just like I, I can't get through the end of this episode without like at least mentioning
1: it's, it, that it, dissonance it's, it that seem, was in my it brain. It seems to be more. I would say it's more influenced by something like what you see in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where it's a big thing about like featuring the tunes in this world of tunes and humans as being this lesser society. Which once again, if you want to talk about does this movie really push anything forward or does it like not answer things fully, that's a whole nother conversation. But it seems to be taking a lot from that. I Which I wouldn't be surprised if they borrowed a lot from that. Um, but that's a whole other conversation. Anyway.
0: Um, all of this to say, we go back to Darla, who is the world's biggest narcissist, a, a demon in a child's body, and also has a very fragile ego. And she... Um, does not like anybody, um, you know, stepping on on her her place in the spotlight. So she devises a plan to basically get all of the animals. We will find out later. Maybe killed, but definitely fired uh, from from the project about Noah's Ark or Little archangel. Um, she invites Danny to her home. Um, In the guise of being a mentor to Danny, where we get the great bit where she offers him animal crackers. And she starts beheading them and eating the animal cracker heads and throwing the headless cookie corpses at Danny for him to eat.
1: And it's just the eyes are getting twitchier and twitchier and borderlining into red and coming back. Like, it's just... I, I, we we talked about it before. Like, the animation of this movie overall is really, really fun and really, really great. The attention the detail they put on Darla is something just out of the best nightmare you could ever have.
0: Yeah. Um, essentially, I think Darla and Max had overheard... Danny being like, hey, well, maybe we can get an audition for the head of the studio um, for LB Mammoth uh, and Darla's like, hey, is there anything that I can do for you? Anything at all? Tell me. Tell me now! And then Danny's like, well, that would be really cool if we could, like, get a chance to perform for him. That would be awesome. And then Darla's like, hey, are uh, are you free at 3pm on Friday? Great. Uh, gather all your friends. Get your act prepared uh, for 3pm on Friday. Um, but, uh, it is in fact a trap it's a trap but
1: they didn't have akbar there no. They couldn't really used them
0: uh we also get like honestly darla's big song it's definitely her big villain song which is i think it's just called big and loud
1: this is a fascinating song
0: and it's also there's a lyric in it of you don't have to be good but you better be big and loud <laughs>
1: Which is uh, sort of the credo of doing any show in a bar, let me tell you right now. Uh, (laughs) You better be big and loud, even if you lack talent.
0: If they can't hear you, it doesn't matter.
1: And the funny part about this song is that the first part of it is this, yes, a very big musical number for Danny. And, you know, it's this thing Performed for Danny. And it's like, get it? Like, all right, good, like, see you later. And then when he leaves, we get this, like freaking Frankenstein-esque scene of her getting, like, hooked up to her hair curlers like electrodes. Sorry about that. Um, And then we get a reprise of the song right there, and then it just becomes something completely demonic and straight out of hell.
0: Yeah, it's basically, I am going to cement my place as the star of Mammoth Studios, and I will get these animals fired and... If I'm lucky, kill them.
1: Probably kill them. Yes. I want them dead. She's rising out of the ground like Chernobyl. Like it's just the animation of this whole scene. This is another one you can see like the animators are like, oh, we're gonna do a nightmare scene and we're gonna. I, I
0: I imagine that everybody was fighting to get the chance to mm-hmm. work on on animating Darla. I have a
1: funny story about the animators, I'll tell it story that <laughs> I learned.
0: Um, but speaking of, we've been hyping it up a lot, uh do you want to go into what Darla's scheme is? Oh, wait, I guess we skipped over like Danny trying to get everybody's spirits up. Essentially oh, yes. there's a big song and dance number where it's like, we're not doing this to perform, we're just doing this for fun. Being like, remember remember how it felt when you did this cause you loved it?
1: And you're like, uh, Twist the no. knife, why don't
0: you? Um,
1: and you get everyone singing and dancing again. We get a very clever thing in the animation where it all starts off very, like, in drab colors. And as each animal finds that passion again, the colors just lighten up. It's a very simple thing, but it's
0: very effective. I did really like that touch. It really,
1: it, it, it really works really well. And and how does he start it off? Because he rat-a-tat-tats in the garage door, smacks it open. We get a very brief, I think, CG shot of... Of Willie on the piano turning around, which we just get the accompaniment of John Reese Davies' is beautiful, just ha, 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 mm-hmm. you're like, which, if you can't immediately get on board with that and just feel so like warmed in your soul, then I don't know who you are,
0: yeah. Um,
1: eventually gets Sawyer down, even though she's yeah.
0: Resistant. So, we so Sawyer, um, finally relents and dances with Danny, but she we don't hear her sing yet, that doesn't happen until no. later. And this whole scene happens before. Um, before Darla invites Danny to her house, yes, Um because
1: Darla sees all of this and yes. is like, "What?" To which we even get the great moment of Max starting to even get down with it and start dancing with mm-hmm. his little his little body starts moving on his legs and is like, "I hey. mean,
0: when when you feel the groove, you gotta dance."
1: Even Max, man, yeah, he might be a golem who's <laughs> a few stories tall, but that mean the golem can't dance.
0: <laughs> golem feels
1: rhythm. Golem gonna dance.
0: <laughs> um. Uh, sorry I interrupted before you could even start um what is Darla's ploy
1: uh, well her ploy is well you kind of you, you kind of described it already I think where it's like she invites Danny back explains all this it's like yes you do your thing I'll invite LB, and you know you can all be rich and famous and then we it's revealed that like well you're all gonna show up and I'm gonna wreck it and possibly kill all of you but I will be cemented as the star So she shows up on the day when they're all getting ready to do this show. They're all in the arc getting ready and you have Pudge up on the controls. And once again, you get some really awesome just use of like lighting and camera work in this. So just Max emerging from the shadows and then Darla's is just in all black and it's just like going to kill you. And it's like, I will tie you up now. But now we're going to get control of the sprinkler system and we are going to flood this stage.
0: We're going to flood the stage. And this is also timed out with a press conference that uh, LB Mammoth is doing right outside so conveniently, um, which is why Darla has planned it for this moment. Um, she floods the stage. She almost drowns every living creature this in that boat.
1: to an insane Looney Tunes-esque moment of just it sailing through the back lot shenanigans ensues. you can imagine you know all kinds of fun they crazy basically
0: shit. trash the entirety of mammoth studios
1: <laughs> basically
0: um and by they i mean darla
1: and by they we mean cleopatra from
0: 1963 I yeah the the chronological uh references are
1: well, that one that that one's more that's of a, a that, that one's more of a reach for me, but that's just because well, <laughs> not many movies force you to sell off a whole studio backlot that becomes a city.
0: Hey, oh, Century City.
1: That that's a story for another time. Mm-hmm. Uh, anywho, they flood the entire backlot,
0: and all of the animals who thankfully don't die because again, this is this is a kids' movie. But they
1: suffer a fate worse than death.
0: They get fired, mm-hmm. and probably get blacklisted.
1: Probably, even um, though that probably wouldn't be for another. Years. yikes. Ew.
0: Um, everybody's out of work. Danny is like, I'm gonna go home, cause hey Willie, you were right.
1: Oh, well, it's also revealed that, like, of course, Zaral comes by and is like, Yep, I was the one who got you all fired. Ha ha! Into which they're all like, You fucking idiot. Yeah, you sold us out.
0: Literally everyone was like, You believed her? Which is also another instance of like, Danny, you are so eager, but so so now. Remember, this is
1: still his first week in Hollywood. I've known people that have done far dumber shit in their first week in Hollywood.
0: Darla is literally Satan.
1: (laughs) Have you met people in their first week in Hollywood? It's terrifying.
0: I guess. Also, he's a cat. That's true. Very small brain.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Sorry, cats. We love cats, but
0: very eager. Love the enthusiasm, but oh. Oh sweet baby angel you are not smart
1: (laughs) so all is lost our hero has been done for everyone's been fired everything's been ruined he goes back and now we get Sawyer's big first solo singing Mm -hmm. number
0: which is fine it's very it's very pretty and
1: honestly yes like is it a moment for Natalie Cole to you know flex her amazing golden voice yes but also it sort of serves the purpose of having our, our heroes are down in the dumps and are on their last legs, and, or like and, the cats in their ninth life. It's like everything is doomed.
0: And, uh, and Sawyer, We get some pretty cool animation and, in this
1: sequence too, though, of just him walking through a black screen and then the rain comes up and then he's back in front of
0: mm-hmm. Brahmins,
1: but now it's all like dour and raining. I don't know, there's some really but, cool yeah, animation but, uh, in this sequence.
0: Basically, Sawyer is singing... Essentially how Danny reignited her love for performance. And... and her love yeah, to sound
1: like Natalie Cole.
0: And, uh... Yeah, things are terrible, but, like, oh, man, I've gotten bit by that bug again. And also, I might like this lovable doofus uh, who just waltzed into town and who, oh, no, he's, he's headed on a bus back to Kokomo, Indiana. He's, um,
1: and he's back on the bus and he's leaving... And the bus driver is just reaffirming his thoughts and then he finally goes, Wait, I have an idea. Yep. We can
0: save the day yet. And he he runs he finds Pudge and they oh, yeah, break Pudge into on the street. Yeah. They break into the studio offices to get all of his friends invited to the premiere of Little Archangel, that, which they all go to. That little
1: bit of animation of him like reuniting with Pudge, I just realized too, was so cleverly done this is all done at a distance there's no dialogue it's just kind of the silhouettes and you just see pudge walking away and you see danny like run up to him and you know kind of saunters up and gets his attention there's a pause pudge starts to walk away again and then danny stops him again and then you can see he makes like a physical gesture of like i'm sorry like i messed it up it was my fault and then they embrace and then they go but it was a cool moment of like it's not just a oh hey you're here let's go it was like a oh wait i have to earn your trust back even with no dialogue in this scene from a distance i thought it was really really interesting to take the time to do that it was really cool um but yes they go they invite everyone to the premiere and
0: um the plan is to wait until the film is over and then they're gonna surprise the audience with like hey we have a live performance for you um but because Max is a supernatural being and has superhuman hearing. Punch snaps his
1: bow tie and it just wow 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 and it's like <laughs> i smell fresh meat (laughs) he's just gone
0: uh and then there's an extended uh action sequence with max and he picks pudge up and rubs him on his scalp and gets the static and sticks him on the ceiling it's just amazing like who thinks of this (laughs) It's a Looney Tunes cartoon, and
1: then yes, it does give way to a big chase sequence. He gets on a balloon with Danny, Danny, and I'm sorry, a balloon of, of, Darla, what? of Darla. Of Darla, <laughs> the balloon eventually pops because uh, Danny pulls it closer to one of the spikes on Grommend, sending Max flying away. To which we will see him fly through Paris later. Not important right now.
0: It that's so random. It's
1: so random and such a weird little cutaway, but so fun.
0: Yeah. Um. But uh. The movie's over and Danny is like hey wait a minute everybody we have a special surprise for you arranged by by Darla a uh, lover of children and animals and he has to you know bam, 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 bam. he has to vamp a lot and he has to convince his friends like no you gotta come back up on stage they do and then they perform the show-stopping number
1: and this is only after they get convinced this is that line I mentioned earlier it's like you know why did you stick around like don't you still want to do what you want to do this is a moment we have for that. And you're like, all right, they're going to go do it. And so, yes, they go. They have this incredible song and dance number filled with, filled with singing and choreography. And Darla now going full Grinch, as you said. And it's like, all right, Max is gone. I'm going to do it myself.
0: She is the Grinch. Her sidekick is named Max. There it is. She's the great she slips Beelzebub. R- she
1: slips right off and just starts, this this was the only real note I could write down because I was so entertained during this movie I couldn't even take a lot of notes. But the one thing I wrote down at this point, because as she goes back, you know, literally everything she tries to do, like bring the curtain down, hit the lights, hit the switch, hit the this to try to stop it all. It just makes it better. It just makes it better. To which I said, Darla's demise is indicative of an actor who has never taken a tech class. <laughs> <laughs> and she tries to hit the curtain and the wrong curtain opens and it's like psh, you skipped the tech class, didn't you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um the audience loves it. The crowd goes wild, and uh in in Darla's final attempt to to you know spite all of these animals, um this furthers your theory that she failed every tech class that she was ever um, mm-hmm. forced to go to because she didn't because realize, she didn't, she, had realize a hot mic. she didn't realize she had a hot mic and she admits to everyone that she was the one who flooded the stage and destroyed all of the back lot of mammoth Studios.
1: And Pudge then hits the trapdoor, drops her into a trapdoor. Max flies through Paris and our villains have been defeated.
0: And, uh... Oh, yes,
1: and Danny and Sawyer are now an item, because, you know, at this point, that has to happen.
0: Because there are two leads, and... And all will be
1: fine in this movie. And we then get the ending of all the movie posters, which at first start off with, like... And
0: now star, like, all of all of these uh, animal actors.
1: And we range everywhere from the early 40s to the late 90s. Yep. And everything in between, everything it's...
0: For- it's everything from Casablanca to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Grumpy
1: Old Men, Batman and Robin, Casablanca, Witches of Eastwick? That was a random one. That was Free Tilly. Free Tilly. That, that made me giggle.
0: I feel like they were just digging through recognizable mm-hmm. movie posters yeah. that WB had the rights to.
1: And honestly, it warms my soul. I'm like, yeah, these might be beans of another world. Anachronistic.
0: That's the word I was looking for. These
1: beans all hit an age, and whether that means they're younger, like Dan or older like cranston but they've hit this age now from 1930 on net 39 on now they never age again and that's that's the way i like to look at it um and we get the final button of who's putting up the posters now it's darla oh and then she gets wrapped away by one and that's the
0: end mm-hmm. uh, would you like to share the tag at the very end of the credits not a visual tag but just oh, a, yes. a like Text within the credits. Uh, no
1: animals were harmed in the making of this film, though some had to be erased and redrawn. <laughs> it was quite fun. Uh, and
0: that is Cats Don't Dance.
1: That is Cats Don't Dance. All right, you were the one who came into this with less of a memory of it and an attachment to it. What, what? Uh, I guess, I guess a brief recap. What did you like? What didn't you like? Um, um,
0: I, yeah, recap of what worked and what did not work for me. Um you know, I, it is now much more personal to me than, than it was when I first watched it mm-hmm. as a kid. Um, I think it, it captures the, you know, the idealism and the love that, uh, you know, folks like us who are in the arts have when we first start out. And like it, it, it's almost painful in like not a bad way to just see how earnest Danny is at the very beginning of being like, Oh no, your dreams are going to get crushed. I know it'll end up okay because it's a movie, but like, I don't know. I feel like it, it tackled that, that aspect of it in a way that felt real and could be accessible to kids. Like, uh, um, I thought that that was handled well. I, I still feel weird about the fact that this is clearly an analog for the experience of BIPOC actors and actresses in the early days of Hollywood and that they are represented by animals. I, f- I feel weird about that still.
1: All right. Um, you can probably tell how I felt about this movie. I, I think it still holds up in a lot of ways. I enjoy, I think the writing of this is way more clever than it has any right to be. Mm -hmm. We didn't even get to half of the jokes in this movie. There's too many. We would just
0: be quoting them all. There
1: are so many, and they're all genuinely funny. You have a lot of characters that you genuinely care about, who you want to see succeed. Even the villains are so much fun and how insanely evil they are you can't help but just yeah. love it
0: i do want to add just to reiterate uh, this has been a darla love fest through this whole episode but darla is incredible
1: darla i, I and, it, and it's worth re mentioning if any of you are wondering like man you keep talking about this character what's the big deal And it's like go watch it because even how much we've like gone on about her it doesn't get close to summarizing the impact this character has i mean it's just it's insane. I can't think of another character I've seen recently in an, a- in an animated movie that, between the animation, the voice acting, the writing, it's just pure demented in the best possible way. It's really one of the best villains I've seen depicted in anything. Yeah. It's incredible, and that's not to that, that's nothing. That's nothing even talking about Max, who's probably one of if not the greatest sidekick ever <laughs> devised. Uh, but yes, all that. Uh, i found the music and the songs to be very catchy still very fun uh they hold up uh the voice acting across the board fantastic very fun yeah it, it, it's a kids movie it's it's very short very sweet it's not there's nothing too crazy in there we haven't heard before of you know story of like you know the hero comes in and is down on their luck and they have to succeed we've seen this before but for kids i think it works really well and yeah just a brief uh, we've already talked a lot about it but like like I said before this movie is not going to be changing the way that we look at history it's not going to be solving any problems or answering any problems we've had in the horribly terrible racist history of this business by any standard but the fact that they even tried to do anything with it and in a way that I don't think I don't think dishonors anyone I thought to be I thought I thought it was a good effort I thought it was a good effort and I'll stand by that
0: Uh, cool. Is it time for our revised grades?
1: Before we go into that, there's a couple things I wanted to bring up. One of which I was watching, um, for anyone who's interested in, uh, animation, visual effects, anything like that, and film, there's a YouTube channel called Quarter Crew, which is all professional VFX artists all talking about looking back on movies, TV shows, where they look at visual effects, animation, stunt work, stuff they like, stuff they don't like, but they talk about why it works and why it doesn't work. Um, it's really great stuff and at one point they have this veteran animator in there who i believe worked on a lot of the ice age movies as well as like countless other projects over the course of his career uh but he got his he, he talked about at one point he got his start working on cats don't dance and described the environment there as being it was a movie that was sort of lower on the list of the studios like you know things that they wanted to focus on so they stuck a bunch of the young animators on there and these were a lot of the young animators that would go on to work on things like ice age and movies of the 2000s and like were kind of like around for all of that but this is where they all got their start and for that and he described it as like we all looked around we were all like roughly the same age same level of experience and they had basically just given us this not with any hopes of it really being anything and so we got to just one, test out our craft and try new things and just go wild with it. And you get that sense in this movie. That's why I think this movie is so bold and so many of the choices it makes animation-wise.
0: I love the meta story of that mirroring mm-hmm. right? the actual It's movie. a little <laughs> meta, right?
1: Uh, but that's why in one in one case the animation is both very well done and also very bold and risky and is doing things that you would never see in most other animated movies that were like... That is way too big. There's no way you're going to pull that off. But, like, you might as well do it on this movie that they're already kind of like, eh, whatever. You guys do what you want. Uh, All that to say, it is a little sad how this movie was then sold to Warner Brothers, and Warner Brothers pretty much just kind of released it without any fanfare. I think they had, like, I read they had one Subway tie-in, and that was it. They didn't do any other promo for this movie, which is really sad because this is my last thing of the night. I looked up the numbers for this. This movie cost $32 million to make.
0: Ooh, that's a nice chunk of change. Yeah,
1: hand-drawn animation, you know, and all that. Uh, but yes, and especially at that time, $32 million.
0: And you have a, a pretty, like, notable voice cast as yeah, well. Yeah,
1: it brought in $3.5 million total. <sighs> So it deserved better, it did deserve better, and it got shafted because it got shipped to another studio. That studio didn't really take it seriously and just kind of released it without giving it any kind of promo or
0: Mm -hmm.
1: uh, any any kind of help at all. It came, it went, they probably thought it would go away. And I feel like now, this is why
0: it was on Cartoon Network all the
1: time, exactly. And I feel like now it's been rediscovered, people are starting to rediscover it. And our generation, I think, has a weird, like, oh, I remember that movie. So, for anyone who is around our age, and maybe you remember it, I would say, go back and look at it because it does not deserve to be such a like terrible flop as that.
0: No, not think, at all. Not at all.
1: It's, it's a wildly creative movie that got... I don't think studios knew what to do with it at the time, and they just kind of went, nah, whatever. So that's a little sad, but I am glad that it's getting rediscovered now.
0: Is it now time for revised grades yes
1: would you like to start
0: sure um where did i start you started this? at
1: a b minus
0: yes um it's definitely gonna go up but how how far how far I going to go
1: i have a prediction that i want to see if i'm right
0: i'm torn mm. um can you go first and sure. i can think about it
1: <laughs> so i started at an a um and upon revisiting it like yes i enjoyed this movie a lot as a kid but like you said earlier, I can appreciate it so much more as an adult. It hits on a much different level. And it like genuinely like got to me on more than a few occasions. And, you know, maybe that's because I'm also in the business and this feels very realistic in that sense. But I've already talked about all the things that made it work. You know why I love it. I'm not going to go over that again. You, you, you've you heard what I've had to say. I started in an A. I'm keeping it at a solid A.
0: Thank you for going first. I think I am going to up it to an A minus. Oh, all right. I was hovering I was hovering between a B plus and an A minus. I thought
1: you were going to go for the B plus.
0: Um the thing that tipped it over into the A's which is now my rubric for this is would I rewatch this? And for the darla sequences alone of which it's uh, most of the movie, I will happily rewatch this. <laughs> She's such a good character. Um, I, I, again, my my discomfort with certain parts of this still stand. However, I, I think that it is also a solid film, even with all of those things. Um, yeah, A minus. This was a great time.
1: Fantastic. All right. So cats I had do to give dance it a, I, after all.
0: I had to give it a higher score than Once Upon a Forest. It's a
1: better movie than Once Upon a Forest. It's a better
0: movie than Once Upon a Forest. Um, but uh, there you have it, folks. If you're curious about Cats Don't Dance, give it a shot.
1: Go back. Have some fun. Get some popcorn. It's a good time. Oh, also, in response to what I said earlier, I did have a martini. <laughs> because I felt like a very fun, old Hollywood thing. And I do not regret it.
0: <laughs> uh... Cool. It's getting to be that time. Um, if you have enjoyed this episode, if you enjoy the show as a whole, please consider leaving a rating or a review wherever you listen to this podcast. Five stars would be great. And if it's anything less than that, uh, keep it to yourself and find a different podcast to listen to. Um, if you would like to follow the show on social media, we are on Twitter and Instagram at What a Pod. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nicole Knutson16.
1: And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TheRealJFerrero. That's real with two E's and Ferrero is in Ferrero Roche. And stay tuned, folks. This has been our 90s weird animation non-Disney month of September, but October is coming up. And that's a spooky month and for spoo- poops, uh, for spoopy, Spooky Month.
0: Spoopies and Spookies. For
1: Spoopies and Spookies, we are going into a couple of old favorites for at least one of us. And for one <laughs> of us, there are some new experiences in there
0: a... um,
1: of some supernatural, truly batshit insane, horror, sci-fi craziness.
0: Awesome. Um, it's nighttime for us. So good night or good day or good morning. Whenever you're listening.
1: And good luck. I'm James Ferreira. And I'm Nicole Knudsen. And And what what a a movie. movie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I didn't realize we were singing.
1: Uh, I mean, after this movie, I felt it was only appropriate.
0: Cats do dance. Cats will always dance.